So if you have your Bibles, electronic devices, we're back in the Joseph series called The Comeback. Uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 42 all the way through Genesis 50 this morning. We're going to talk about a kind of an emotional subject. And so I, and it's just in the, in the context of the verses that we're walking through a Joseph story. So if, you, if you've been with us in Joseph's series, in, in Joseph's story called The Comeback, that Joseph had to overcome a, a dysfunctional family. Joseph overcame a dysfunctional family. His dysfunctional family did not hold him back. Of, of completing, accomplishing everything that God had called him to accomplish. So if you know anything about Joseph, and just so we're all tracking this morning, because it's very important to the story for you to grab this morning. Joseph was in a dysfunctional family. He was his dad's favorite. His brothers hated him. Uh, they could not stand him. Fact is, the scripture says that his brothers could not say a kind word about him. And some of you this morning may sound like, well, that sounds like my brothers. That sounds like my sisters. They've never said a kind word about him. Well, that was Joseph, and Joseph is in this family. And they couldn't say a kind word about him. And then when Joseph was about 17 years of age, it kinda, it, the family blew apart. The family just, I mean, it was like wheels off, and the family blew apart. And so it got to the place where his brothers decided, we're just going to kill Joseph. I mean, the only way we're going to get out from under him, and we'll just take him out. We'll kill him. And so they decided to kill him. And they threw him in a pit, and they have this conversation, and then all of a sudden some sense came into the boys, and they decided instead of killing him, we won't kill him. We will, we will sell him into slavery. So they sold him into slavery. They took his coat that they hated because it was Joseph's, uh, it, was, it was like the, the coat that his dad had given him, and, 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 and they just hated that coat. And so they ripped his coat up. They put goat's blood on it. They went back to dad. They lied to dad, and they told dad that Joseph is dead. As a result of that, Joseph was sold into slavery, and for, th for the next 13 years, he'd be in prison. And for the next 13 years, because of his brother's actions, not because of Joseph, because of his brother's actions, Joseph would suffer for the next 13 years. 13 years of being in prison. 13 years of suffering. And then all of a sudden, he interpreted the dream for Pharaoh. And he told Pharaoh that there's going to be seven years of blessing. There's going to be seven years of famine. And what you do in the blessing, what you do in the harvest is going to help you to make it through the famine. That during the harvest, you're going to have to hold back some grain so that you can get through the famine. As a result of that, Joseph gets promoted to like the vice, um, to like the vice president of Egypt. He's the number two most powerful man in Egypt. Really, he's the number two most powerful man in the world because Egypt was the most powerful nation. And so Joseph gets out seven years of, 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 of great times of harvest, and Joseph is doing a great job. They enter into the famine. They're about two years into the famine. And all of a sudden, dad, Joseph's brothers, they live in Canaan. And, they send, and Joseph's dad sends his brothers to, to Pharaoh and said, ask for grain. And all of a sudden, Joseph comes face to face with his brothers that he hadn't seen in 20 years. The brothers that had abused him, the brothers that had harmed him, the brothers that had lied about him, threatened to kill him. I mean, there was deep hurt. There was deep pain. And so the question is, is how is Joseph going to handle this face-to-face -face conversation? How is Joseph going to handle this rematch? And really and truly, that, that's a question for every one of us, right? The, the, the topic of this morning is just this issue of forgiveness. I want to talk to you about this issue of forgiveness because what I find is that's one of the most that's one of the things that I talk about the most in my office is what is biblical forgiveness? How do you forgive? And listen, in the context of this, this is where deep abuses happen. This is where deep hurt and deep pain has happened in this context. And all of a sudden, you begin to see these principles of forgiveness. Neil Krauss is the one that said this. He's a researcher from the University of Michigan, a school of public health. He found that people who forgive easily tend to enjoy greater psychological well-being, have less depression than those who hold grudges. Uh, Dr. 
Herbert Benson at Harvard Conference recently said, when you don't forgive, it will chew you up. In other words, when you don't forgive, when I don't forgive, it will destroy us from the inside out. It will destroy our, jo- our, our joy. It will destroy our health in some cases. It will destroy our peace. In other words, this, we know it from scientific research. We also know it from biblical research that when you look at it, God never designed us to be unforgiving. God never designed us to carry those things. God designed us to release those things. fact is, when you look at the teachings of Jesus, you find that one of the, the attributes, one of the identifiers of a Christ follower is this ability to be able to forgive. Just this ability to walk in, in forgiveness. Now listen, if you've ever been hurt deeply, if you've been betrayed, abused, if you've ever been hurt deeply, then you know forgiveness is not easy, right? You know forgiveness is a, is a process. You know forgiveness can be difficult. And listen, let me tell you something. We're, we'll walk through this because it's in the story. That a lot of times the reason I believe that, that Christians have a hard time forgiving is because they believe forgiveness and reconciliation is the same thing. That they confuse the two. That they do not understand that forgiveness is one-sided, reconciliation is two-sided. And you're going to see this in the story. This is the reason that Joseph was able to walk through these processes, these steps, that that forgiveness, it takes one person to forgive. Reconciliation simply means this, two people changing, two people owning their stuff, two people owning their sin, two people owning their faults, two people owning their mistakes, two people changing mutually for the better of the marriage, for the better of the relationship, for the better of the organization. And so that's what forgiveness is. Now, Joseph was, was faithful in forgiving his brothers. Many theologians believe the reason that Joseph spent 13 years in prison is because it took him that long to war, walk through the process of forgiveness. To where forgiveness, listen, forgiveness is a process. If we understand forgiveness, it, it is a process. Now, 20 years before this encounter with his, with, his, with his brothers, remember his brothers had never spoken a kind word about him. They tried to kill him. They lied about him. They betrayed him. And now all of a sudden, they come face to face with Joseph. And so Joseph's brothers come, Genesis chapter 42, they come and they're requesting grain and, and they bow down before him. Then all of a sudden, Joseph, he, he remembers the, the dream that God gave him at an early age that one day your brothers are going to bow down before him. And so when, when Joseph was, Joseph had last seen his brothers when he was 17 years of age. And his brothers were 40. When his brother, and, and now, I'm sorry, he was 17 years of age when he last saw his brothers. And now Joseph is 40 years of age. And so he's changed a lot in, in those years, right? Uh, he's now, he's now, he's now has a, a prominent position. He speaks the Egyptian language. He, he wears the Egyptian dress. Uh, he's clean shaven. Uh, he, this has been 23 years since he last saw his brothers. And so, you know, our bodies change a lot between 17 and 40, right? And so his brothers did not recognize him. Fact is, I, I've, I've recently realized this. There's three stages of life. There's youth, there's middle age, and then there's you're looking good right? And so, (laughs) right, to where you finally get to that age to where people look at you and say, you know what? You're looking good. And so those are the three, those are the three areas of life. And so, so Joseph, Joseph is like, he's moved into that you're looking good stage. And so his brothers did not recognize him. So I want to give you three things, three steps, three commitments that we have to make. If we're going to walk through the steps of forgiveness, if we're going to walk through the process of forgiveness, listen, let me tell you something. I have prayed so hard for you. And I am so burdened with, I am so burdened about this issue. About this issue of people carrying 
unresolved issues or trying to carry this, this issue of unforgiveness in your, in, in your life, and it is chewing you up. It is destroying you. And I am praying that some of you understand this issue of forgiveness, understand these steps so that you can find freedom in your life. And so these are three commitments or three comments, three statements um, that, that we have to make in the process. The first one is this. We have to come to the place and say, you know what? I will release my right to retaliate forever. I will, you know what? I'll come to the place. I will release my right to retaliate forever. Genesis chapter 42, verse 8. And we're just going to walk through this. You're going to see these principles. You're going to see this unfold in front of you. And Joseph recognized his brothers. They didn't recognize him. They didn't know it was Joseph. I mean, that's the last place they thought Joseph would be, like vice president of Pharaoh, of Egypt. They didn't, they didn't think that would be Joseph. And so, but, but you see that Joseph had obviously walked through the steps of forgiveness. Forgiveness, if you flip over like to the New Testament and you begin trying to get in a working definition of what is forgiveness, what is the biblical definition of forgiveness, in the New Testament, in the Greek, a Greek definition for, for our word forgiveness is simply this, to send forth, to send away, to, 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 to let go, to let go from oneself, uh, to let go from one's power, uh, to let go from one's possession, to let go from one's further attendance or occupancy. I mean, you know this, right? When, when, when you have unforgiveness in, in your heart, when you're walking in unforgiveness, you give that individual to take up occupancy or residency in your mind rent-free. I mean, it's like there's no benefit it is like sucking the life out of you. I mean, you think about that person constantly. You think about that hurt. You think about that betrayal. You, you have a tendency to bring their name up a lot. And then when you bring their name up, you kind of rehearse everything that they've done to hurt you and abuse you. Forgiveness is like, forgiveness is like coming to this place. To where you, it's, it's a deliberate act. It's a willingness to, to release it. It's a willingness to release your, 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 uh, your right to retaliate forever. It's this, 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 this power, this, this ability to release it from your possession, your ability to no longer carry it. And listen, it doesn't mean God is not asking you to release it to like some black hole of existence. God is not asking you to do that. God is simply asking you this. Forgiveness means letting it go to God. I mean, taking it away from you and, and letting God deal with it. Letting God have this situation. I mean, coming to the place. I mean, this is what Joseph had done with his, his brothers. I mean, he had been the vice president for like seven years of seven years of good times. And, and they're, 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 they're in the famine. And if Joseph had not, if he had not forgiven his brothers, Joseph would have handled this rematch, this, this new face-to-face -face conversation totally differently than how he how he did i mean if if he had unforgiveness in his heart because he had the he had the power to crush them fact is when he became vice president of egypt he had the power to hunt his brothers down to torture them to kill them to put them in the same prison that he put them in to starve them to mistreat them to abuse them and there would be no there would there, there nothing bad would happen to i mean fact is it would it, it'd be in joseph's legal right to do that because of the position because he, he had the power to do that but obviously joseph had he had like totally changed and and he had forgiven them and Joseph, Joseph did not mistreat his brothers the way that they mistreated him. See, Joseph knew this issue. He knew that there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Joseph had walked through the process of forgiveness. But Joseph knew, listen, Joseph knew for healthy reconciliation to happen that somebody had to change. I mean, his brothers had... You, you ever tried to forgive somebody? They really hadn't changed. They're just in a tough spot. 
They just want things to go their way. They're, they have an ulterior motive. They, they want the consequences to end. They want you to end being mad at them. But down deep, they really haven't changed. It, it doesn't work, right? I mean, there's not true reconciliation. Joseph understood that. Joseph understood that for them to have reconciliation, that his, his, brothers, his brothers would have to change. And so the brothers didn't recognize him. But Joseph remembered them, and Joseph knew, knew them. And, and Joseph could have handled this rematch so many different ways. Joseph could have said, you know what, this is my chance to get even. And I'm going to send them away with no grain. I mean, after all, that's what they did to me. Joseph could have said, you know what, I'm your brother, Joseph, the guy you abused, the guy you betrayed. You think I'm going to give you grain after how you treated me, how you dealt with me? Man, you, you did not give me any food in the pit. When, when you were up, when, when I was in the pit and you were having supper and I was asking for food and I was begging for mercy, you didn't even throw me the table scraps. You gave me like nothing. He could have humiliated them. He had the power to do that. He could have hum- publicly humiliated them. He could have, he could have told them, you know what? I'm going to give you some grain. I'm Joseph. And what you did to me was no big deal. And God has blessed me greatly. He didn't do any of that. And when you look at Joseph, Joseph had walked through the process of forgiveness because you can see it in the way he treated them. And so there's many of us today that that when we're we're hurt, when we're carrying unforgiveness, we we retaliate. Ways we retaliate today is some ways that we retaliate, we retaliate legally. We just kind of, we just, we kind of settle the score and we retaliate legally to get even. Some of us, uh, some, some people retaliate financially. Um, I, I was reading, I, I was reading the biography of J. Paul Getty, the multimillionaire, uh, two years prior to his death, the last two years of his death, he changed his will 21 times every time a family member made him mad. He just wiped somebody out. I mean, 21 times. And so sometimes, you know what? We retaliate financially. We withhold funds. We withhold some stuff. Sometimes we retaliate verbally, right? We have a ver- verbal attack. We, we settle the score verbally. We, we criticize. We complain. We attack. We call names. Sometimes, you know what we do? We, we retali- retaliate by recruiting. We'll recruit some people that, that aren't even aware of the offense, aren't even aware of what's happening, and we try to get as many people as possible against the person who has hurt us. And in other words, we want somebody else to carry our offense, to pick up our offense. And so the way we retaliate, we let everybody know how bad they've hurt us, how bad they betrayed us, and we try to get as many people on our side and against them. Another way that, that we retaliate, especially in relationships, we just do the cold shoulder, right? And many times, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll do that in marriages. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't treat me right, if you don't behave the way I think you should, then guess what? I will just, I will emotionally withdraw from you. I will draw affection from you. I will draw attention from you. I will ignore you. And even if you ask me if I'm okay, if I'm mad, I'm going to tell you nothing's wrong. And as soon as I've made sure you've paid and you paid enough and you're aware of what you did to, to mistreat me, then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. I, I heard the story about a, a married couple one time, and so the, the lady kept telling her husband, says, says when you die, I'm going to dance on your grave. And so he finally had enough of that, and so he went down to the funeral home, and he had a prearranged burial to be buried at sea. And so... Uh, Yeah, that's always, that's always fun. Those kids kind of rolling laughter. Some of you are quicker than others. And 
Some of you will laugh on your way home, but don't you worry. Don't feel bad about that. And so, uh, so, so the first thing that we have to do, if we're going to walk through the, the steps of forgiveness, we have to walk through that process. So we say, you know what? I, I, I refuse to retaliate. I, I give up. I give up my power to retaliate forever. The second thing is this, is I will do my part to restore the relationship. Now, all of a sudden, we start moving into reconciliation. See, reconciliation and, and, and forgiveness are two different things. You can forgive someone without reconciling with them. In some cases, depending on the betrayal, depending on the deep hurt, depending on the abuse, unless they change, you may never be able to reconcile with them. I get that. I understand. See, that was, that was Joseph. That was Joseph's questions about his brothers. And I will do my part to restore the relationship. See, that's why Paul said in Romans, it says, as much as, as far as it depends on me, live at peace with everyone. In other words, this, that we're total forgiveness is when you come to the place to say, I'm going to do my part to restore the relationship. Uh, forgiveness is not that I'm going to get even with you and then, then knock you out of my life. Forgiveness is not that. See, Joseph could have given them grain and sent his brothers on his way and that they would, they would never know. But, see, they were a dysfunctional family. They had never talked about the issues. That's one of the problems with dysfunctional families, Right? You talk about the emotion and not the issue. And Joseph could have, but see, Joseph broke free of a dysfunctional family because that's how his family would have handled it in the past. And Joseph could have given them the grain and just sent them on his way and never said a word, never said a word about the hurt or the pain. Uh, he, could have, he could have told them who he was and said, hey, it's like no big deal, skirted around the issue again, but Joseph did not, did not choose that. Total forgiveness is coming to the place to be honest about the hurt, be honest about the pain, and then doing your part to reconcile the relationship. See, I think many times we confuse forgiveness and reconciliation, and we think it's one single act. It's not. It's a two-step act. And sometimes in healthy relationships, listen, reconciliation is really quick. Depending on the hurt, the pain, the betrayal, the attitude of the others, it may, it, it, it may take longer. But Joseph did this. I mean, Joseph, and we're going to see this as we read through this, Joseph gave his brothers the ability to prove that they had repented, to prove that they had, 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 had changed. And because reconciliation takes two parties. Listen, if, if you have forgiven someone and they haven't changed their behavior, you may or may not be able to reconcile with them depending on how destructive their behavior is. And can I just tell you this morning, there's a difference in forgiving somebody and trusting somebody. There's a difference in forgiving someone and trusting someone. And, and sometimes the betrayal, the hurt can be so deep that someone has to reestablish trust. Someone has to rebuild trust. And so Joseph goes to great lengths to give his brothers like a chance to, to understand if his brothers have, have like, like truly changed. And, and so Joseph starts going through the process of reconciliation to try to restore the, 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 the relationship. And so Joseph, the rematch, Joseph comes face-to-face -face with, with his brothers, and, and he doesn't immediately reveal himself to them. I mean, they don't even know. And one of the reasons is, is, is he may wanted to get even. I mean, the, the anger came up. This would be the first time that he saw them face-to-face -face since they had betrayed him and hurt him. And so his flesh may have come up, and he may wanted to, to retaliate against them, or maybe he needed to think through how he was going to respond. But, but I, I really believe just from the, the spirit of reading the scriptures in Joseph's life, Joseph wanted to know, have my brothers changed? Is reconciliation possible? Are my brothers still dishonest? Are they still liars? Are they still jealous of my brother Benjamin? And how they, 
how they treated dad. Are they still lying to dad? Are they still mistreat dad? Do my brothers still only care about themselves because really the only reason that they abused him and they hurt him is because they, they were selfish. They only cared about themselves. And so Joseph's wondering, do they only care about themselves? Do they, do they even know? Big question, right? Do they even know what they've done? Do they even know how bad it's hurt me? Because the last time that Joseph was with his brothers, they weren't good men. Joseph was smart enough to know that if he said, I'm your brother Joseph, are you sorry for, for what you did? And if you are, I'll give you grain. <laughs> he knew they said, oh, man, we're sorry. Please forgive us. Why? Because they had ulterior motives. They, they, they needed the food to live. And Joseph, Joseph knew, them, knew that. So the first thing Joseph does is he, he asks them who they are. And, and, and so watch this, verse, verse 13. And they said, we, 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 we're your servants, our 12 brothers, the, son of, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father. That's Benjamin. Benjamin was left back with dad. And one is no more. That's Joseph. That, that's what they're refuting. They don't know. They're telling this to Joseph. Joseph, for the very first time, knows my brothers are telling the truth. My brothers, the brothers I remember, they would have lied. They would have tried to manipulate this situation. They would have lied. And, and he also realized dad's still alive. Benjamin's back home, and they're referring to me. And so Joseph says, I, I want you to leave a brother here, and I want you to go back, and I want you to get Benjamin, and I want you to bring Benjamin here. And so at this point, they still didn't know that Joseph was them, was, was their brother, and they didn't know that Joseph could speak their language. That's important, verse 21. And so then they said to one another, so now then Joseph says, go get Benjamin. And so now they're having a conversation. So they said to one another, in truth, we are guilty concerning our brother. In that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us and we did not listen. This is why this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, did I not tell you not to sin against this boy? But you did not listen. So now there comes a reckoning for his blood. They did not know that Joseph understood them. For there was an interpreter between them. Then he turned away from them and he wept. There's a reason Joseph wept. We're going to understand that. And he returned to them and spoke to them. And he took Simeon from them and bound him before his eyes. So Joseph wept. You know the reason Joseph wept? He realized for the first time, my brothers realized what they did to me. My brothers realized how they hurt me. Listen, you know your conscience is a powerful motivator. And 20 years later, these brothers are saying that God is punishing us because what we did to our brother Joseph. 20 years they've lived with guilt. They've lived with lies. Man, when you commit a terrible offense and it's unreconciled, it's not reconciled, your conscience can continue to trouble you. See, I, th I think sometimes one of, the, one of the barriers that we have in this issue of forgiveness when someone has abused us, someone has hurt us, we feel like they don't know what they've done. And they're, they're getting all free. I mean, they're going on with their lives. They don't know how they've hurt me. They don't know how they've betrayed me. They don't know what it's cost me. And as a result of that, they're going on with their life, and their conscience isn't bothering them. Things are going well for me. In Joseph's case, I'm stuck in a pit. I'm stuck in a prison. And my, it's like my brothers, listen, it's like my brothers have, it's like, no, it's like they've gotten away with it. Listen, can I tell you this? Nobody gets away with anything. Nobody. 
What is done in the darkness will be revealed in the light. Nobody, listen, I've, I've talked to counselor after counselor about this issue. And people that are betrayed and people that are abused carry enormous guilt, enormous issues. And see what, jo- listen, what Joseph has realized that his brothers for 20 years have lived a life of guilt, living a, living a life of regret, knowing and understanding what they did to hurt him. And so that's why he wept because he realized my brothers understood what they did. Uh, verse, verse 28, they come back with, ben- with Benjamin. They said, your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads and prostrated themselves. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his, brothers, his brother Benjamin, his mother's son. And he said, is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried out and compassion grew warm for his brother and he sought a place to weep. And he entered his chamber and he wept there. Then he washed his face and came out and controlling himself, he just simply said, serve the food. And then he observed something interesting about his brothers. Judah, one of the troublemakers in the family, cared so much about other people that he wanted to take Benjamin's place. Watch this, verse 33. Now therefore... Please let your servant remain instead of the boy as a servant to my Lord. And let the boy go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the evil that would find my father. And Joseph couldn't take it anymore. He realized something's happened to my brothers. They're not liars anymore. They care about dad. They don't just care about them, themselves. They understand what they've done is to hurt me. They've been carrying this guilt all of these years. He, he, he's changed. I mean, they've changed. And all of a sudden, Joseph was able to demonstrate forgiveness in, in relationship with them. And one of the ways you demonstrate forgiveness is, is you, don't, you don't want anybody else to know what, they, what they've done to hurt you. I mean, Joseph came to this place. And look at this, verse, verse 1, uh, Genesis chapter 50, uh, 45. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. That, that was his servants. He cried. Make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Listen, if you have ever been hurt deeply and it has been etched in your memory for a long time, when that, when that boil is finally lanced, the release that can come of incredible emotion. And this is what's happening with Joseph. And all of a sudden, his brothers are like shocked about the emotion of this vice president because they don't know it's Joseph. I mean, I mean an unfor- listen, an unforgiving spirit says, I want the whole world to know what they've done to hurt me. An unforgiving spirit is like, you know what? You know the way I'll get even? The way I'll toler- uh, retaliate? I want the whole world to know what they've done to me. And Joseph all of a sudden comes to the place where he's demonstrating total forgiveness to his brothers. And he, got <coughs> he had everybody out of the room. The other, other way that we know that we demonstrate total forgiveness is he made his brothers totally at ease and comfortable around him. I mean, he didn't give them any more guilt. Verse 3, and Joseph said to his brother, brothers, I am Joseph. Is, is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. So his brothers must have taken a step back. He said, oh, no, we're asking the man that we have betrayed, our brother that we tried to kill for grain, how is he going to respond? And so they started taking a step back. He says, no, come, come near to me, please. 
and they come near. And he says, I am your brother Joseph, whom, whom you sold into Egypt. Can I just tell you, this, this is so healthy. This is so healthy. There's some false beliefs about this issue of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not saying what you did to me was no big deal. Forgiveness is not saying, saying it didn't hurt. It's no big deal. It, it's, it, 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 it's, uh, it is not sweeping it under the rug. It is not acting like it never happened. That is not forgiveness. Forgiveness is honest about the offense. Forgiveness is honest. See, this is where Joseph has overcome the dysfunction of his family because his family never talked about the issues. You know what they talked about? They talked about the emotion. They didn't talk about the issues. And so Joseph says, I, I am your brother whom, guess what, whom you abused, whom you hurt, whom you sold into slavery. But I want you to know, in spite of that, I choose to forgive you. I mean, I, I acknowledge the hurt that you caused me, 13 years of prison. I acknowledge that, and we just need to acknowledge that. See, see this issue of total forgiveness, when you've released that, you can make the person that, that you have forgiven around you, you can still make them at ease around. In other words, you don't feel like you have to punish them any longer. Total, listen, total forgiveness will allow you to help them not to be either angry with themselves or make it easy for them to forgive themselves, verse 5. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves. Because you sold me here. For God sent me here before you to preserve life. In other words, jo Joseph started helping them through the forgiveness process. Joseph started helping his brothers. Says, so you can be healthy. Let me help you forgive yourself. Let me help you forgive this, this action. And Joseph, I mean, Joseph was, was so healthy in this area. He kept their sin hidden from the people around them that meant the most to them. Dad. Watch this, verse 9. Hurry and go up to my father, and, and here's what you need to tell dad. Thus your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all of Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You just go tell dad I'm alive. I'll leave it up to you what you tell dad other than that. You just tell him I'm alive. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me. You and your children, your children's children, your flocks, your herds, and all you have. There I'll provide for you, for there are yet five years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. In other words, Joseph says, I'm, I'm going to bless you more than what you've asked. You just ask for a little bit of grain. I'm going I'm to move your entire family from, from Canaan to Goshen. We're going to treat you like an Egyptian, not like someone from Canaan. We're, we're going to take care of you for the rest of your life. I mean, it's huge what Joseph did. The third and the last thing is this, is I will acknowledge the sovereignty of God in the situation. I will acknowledge the sovereignty of God. Now, listen, this may be, this, this, this principle sounds a lot easier than it really is. I will acknowledge the sovereignty of God in this situation. In other words, who has power over me is not my abuser, not the person that hurt me. It is God. God is in control of my life. You're not in control of my life. I don't care what you've said about me. I don't care what you've done to me. You are not in control of my life. God is ultimately, God is sovereign and God is in control. Verse 5, and watch this, and he says, And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for your many, you many survivors. So it, it was not you who sent me here. But God, God's in control of my life. 
He has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all the house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. And as you jump down to, to, to verse 20 and watch this, and he, he goes on and he says, And as for you, you meant evil against me. You meant to hurt me. You meant to harm you. This is, you, know, you know the reason this family gets put back together? Because they talk about the issues and not the emotions. Joseph is willing for the very first time in the relationship to say, you know what, you and you, let's just be honest, let's be real here, you, in, you meant to hurt me. You meant to bring harm to me. You meant this not for my good. You meant this for my harm. And he says, so you meant evil against me. But, but God's in control of my life. But God meant it for good to bring about the, the many people that should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Forgiveness is this issue of reaching to this level of maturity where you can look back over your life. It is some injustice that has been done to you, some betrayal that has been done to you, and say, you know what? It hurt. It was painful. God saw me through it. God got me through it. God walked with me through it. I mean, God got me through it. See, so many times when we enter into the wilderness we, or we enter into a challenge or a, a problem, we start praying, God, take the wilderness from me. Very rarely does he do that. He doesn't want to take the wilderness from you. He wants to see you through the wilderness. He wants to grow you through the wilderness. He wants to develop you, you through the wilderness. For Joseph to do what God has called him to do, Joseph had to learn this issue of forgiveness. Joseph, and it may have taken the 13 years in the prison. It may have taken this process for him, but he had to come to this place to where he understood this issue of handling, handling relationships with emotional maturity. And talk about a reunion. I mean, go get, go get dad. Verse 14, and then he fell upon his brother's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers, and he wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. I mean, this, the family's put back together because very, very, the very first time they talked about the real issues without attacks, without getting personal, from emotional health, from spiritual health, of understanding forgiveness, of understanding what it means to reconcile that two people have to be willing to, like, like change mutually. I mean, I never will forget, and I really hesitate to tell this story, but I'm going I'm to tell it because it, I think it'll help you understand there, there, there's a number of years ago that, that Karen and I loaned some money to an individual. And so for whatever reason, uh, this individual chose not to pay me back. And it was in a time in our life that we, we really needed them to pay us back. But he, he made the decision not to pay me back. Now, I had a couple of decisions, right? I could run over to his house and, like, vandalize his car, uh, but I'm a pastor, so like that never crossed my mind. <laughs> I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally joking. I'm totally <laughs> now you can practice forgiveness if that just offended you. <laughs> right? You know what? I, I decided, you know what? I can make him pay. I'll get it out of his car. I'll take his tires. You know, I'll, I'll do something to his house. I mean, I, I, I had that, I, that, that's one, that was one option. The other option was the option I chose. It was hard. I had, I had to learn to struggle through forgiveness. And it was at a time when that money wasn't surplus money. We missed that money. 
It was a sacrifice to me. It was a sacrifice to my family. And all of a sudden, as I'm struggling through forgiveness, I realize that I could not forgive this person without absorbing the debt. Someone had to absorb the loss. In in other words, this, in, in order to forgive, I'd have to erase the debt he owed me. In a real sense, I had to be willing to pay the debt myself. Forgiveness. Someone has to pay. Someone has to absorb the loss. Someone has to absorb the stuff. And I tell you, that's what Christ did for us on the cross. When we had a debt that we could not pay, someone had to absorb our sin, absorb the loss. And his name was Jesus Christ that totally and completely forgave us. In the same forgiveness that we receive from him, we should be willing to forgive others. Reconciliation takes two people to change mutually. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes?